Privit from their brand new CD, Hot Off the Presses, Elahori Tapisni Pro Kochanya, Allegories and Love Songs. And Privit now consists of Marco Bednarchuk, Roman Kostik, and a new female voice to the mix, Mariana Geba. This is Privit's fourth album, and their albums all consist of the lyrics of Ukrainian poets put to music by Marco. Roman has been keeping us up to date on all of Privit's projects over the years, and hopefully we'll hear from him again soon to find out the story behind their latest album and all the people involved in making it possible for us to enjoy it. Dobry večer i vitaju vas vsih dorhi radio suhači na radio programu Naš holos, radio Krinskoho Korinja, na Bahatumovni radio stanci AM 1320 CHMB u mikrofoni Pavlina. Hello there and welcome to Naš holos Ukrainian Roots Radio here on AM 1320 CHMB Vancouver. I'm your host Pavlina. Thank you for joining us and I do hope you'll stay with us for this full hour because we've got a great program for you. Olena Skorokhod will be joining us with an interview and she'll be speaking with somebody who whose work you might actually be seeing if you are a supporter of the Shevchenko Foundation and like to read books. 
As well, I'll be speaking with Jean Berezovsky of Ukraine War Amps and getting um, more details on the great work that they are doing to help the defenders of Ukraine. As well, our usual proverb of the week, other items of interest and great Ukrainian music. A lot of it new And this next number is one that uh, was recently released by Green Jolly, which was the group that uh, released the anthem of the Orange Revolution back in 2004. They've uh, kind of disappeared off the scene, but they're back and have teamed up with Sergei Lezanovsky and family with an UPA song called Zasenaya Chornelis, The Black Forest Falls Asleep. Засинає чорний ліс, сонечко вже сіло. Тихо-тихо навкруги, спить в країна мила. Не щебече соловей у зеленім гаю, а дівчина край води. Сльози проливає, не щебече солове у зеленім гаю, а дівчина край води сльози проливає, зажурився старий дід, щось бурмоче стиха. Не наколиш більше дров, не накоїш лиха, а дівчинонька ота, Україна мати, нема кому боронить, кому визволяти, а дівчинонька ота. Україна мати, нема кому боронить, кому визволяти. Ой, Степане, батьку наш, поведи до бою, хай покажемо скалям нашу силу. Thanks to the foresight and generosity of its donors, the Shochenko Foundation has been investing in the future of the Ukrainian-Canadian community for the past 60 years. Since 1963, the Shochenko Foundation has been funding initiatives that strengthen our Ukrainian-Canadian identity and enhance our Ukrainian-Canadian cultural heritage. These include fine and performing artists and arts groups, museums, cultural centers, education, as well as authors, journalists, and the Ukrainian-Canadian media including this program. The Foundation strives to become the premier not-for-profit foundation in a Canada which acknowledges the Ukrainian-Canadian community as a fundamental component of Canadian society. Nash Holos listeners are encouraged to support this vision through continued donations into the future. To apply for grants, make a donation, or for more information, visit www.shochenkofoundation.ca. Up next, Olena Skorhod in conversation with Tatiana Lutotska. Tatiana Lutotska is a young visual artist from Kolomia, Ukraine. We met to talk about her life in Toronto and her art. She relocated from Ukraine due to the full-scale war. Many Ukrainian artists mentioned that it was difficult to continue their work after the war started, for emotional and financial reasons. The Rostovchenko Foundation's grant gave Tatiana the boost needed to continue creating. 
her Shevchenko commemorative bookmark dedicated to Shevchenko's poem to Osnovyanenko won the first prize. In her illustration, Cossacks are protecting a mother with a child, embraced by the sunbeams, symbolizing continuation and the bright future of Ukraine. You can find the illustration on the Shevchenko Foundation's Facebook page. In this interview, Titana said that although the adaptation is not easy, she is empowered now and proud to represent Ukrainian art and culture here in Canada. It is essential for her to use her skills to help Ukraine by any means. She works in a bank, continues her studying in the Lviv National Academy of Arts and Kosiv Specialist College of Arts, and tries to improve her English. Recently, she rediscovered her love to oil paint. She plans to participate in organizing workshops for adults and children in the summertime. Her mother joined her in Toronto recently, but her older brother, Dmitro, is in Ukraine. He's a young composer, and you will hear his work, Postril, today. The following interview is in Ukrainian. Добрий день, Тетяно. Поділіться, будь ласка, зі слухачами наш голос, як і коли ви приїхали до Канади. Доброго дня, Олена. Дуже приємно, що ви мене запросили. Я приїхала до Канади, перетнула кордон 31 квітня. Так, це вже далі буде рік 22-го року. З України я виїхала 5 березня. Перебувала у Відні деякий час, і тоді вже вирішила попробувати щось нове і скористалася можливістю побути в Канаді. А ви самі приїхали, чи у вас вже були знайомі, чому саме Канада? У мене були тут мої родичі. А, та, в, в основному тут моя сестра Карина Юрійна. Я її майже не бачила в Україні взагалі, так що я до неї вже так приїхала. І вона мене запросила, щиро прийняла до себе. Дуже, дуже сильно мені допомогла тут встати на ноги. І та я одна до неї приїхала. Ви знаєте, я чула від багатьох художників, що я тут зустрічала, і які приїхали до Канади через війну, що з початком війни вони, їм, по-перше, було дуже важко щось робити взагалі, а по-друге, дуже часто вони свої роботи почали присвячувати ексклюзивно Україні. Україні, війні. Змінився напрямок ваших робіт в зв'язку з війною? І якщо змінився, то як? Зазвичай, я, як почалася війна, я абсолютно нічого не могла малювати. У мене просто все пропало. Я перетнула... Та я тоді не була війні, я намагалася щось робити, але мені руки постійно не доходили до цього. Вже як я приїхала в Канаду, то воно вже, воно вже починається звикати, йде адаптація до того, що ти не маєш сидіти просто так, ти маєш щось робити, ти маєш якось працювати, і ти розумієш, що ти маєш зробити те, що потім може допомогти Україні, чи якось з, інш, з іншим поглядом на це поглянути. І там мої малюнки також змінилися. Я почала малювати більше живописом, фарбами. І так, я вже теж дивлюсь на це трохи світлим поглядом, не таким затьмареним, темним. Вже ти розумієш, що ти маєш представляти культуру якось по-світлому. Була от сьогодні на сайті фонда Тараса Шевченка, і мені здається, що там малюнок, який зверху, це ваша ілюстрація, це вірно? Так, так, це моя. А, круто, дуже гарно. І я би хотіла в зв'язку з цим спитати, який грант надав вам фонд Тараса Шевченка, як ви подавалися, чому ви вирішили це робити? Скажу так, що це знайшла не я. Це також мені знайшла моя сестра. Вона побачила, вона, ну, вона побачила цю заявку, це оголошення. Вона каже, Тань, давай, ти, ти мусиш попробувати. Мені це важко вдавалося, якщо чесно. Я така думаю, ну добре. Я не була з тими думками, що я все ж таки виграю. Це для мене було шоком. Але, але, так, але я знаю, наскільки вона мені це захопила дуже. Так, я вже почала думати, добре, добре, не вийде, так не вийде, в мене буде своя робота. І так, я почала малювати, і справді мене сюжет дуже зацікавив. Мені почало зразу з козаками, щоб асоціювати як наших воїнів, жінку з матір'ю і сонце, яке просвітлює далеке наше майбутнє. 
в Україні. Я дуже вдячна фонду Тараса Шевченка за те, що вони надають такі можливості розвиватися, мати якісь знайомства, певні контакти. І це, якщо чесно, тебе більше заохочує. Чим більше ти приймаєш участь, тим більше в тебе, в тебе грає таке бажання. У мене є як електронний варіант цієї роботи, але я їм надіслала ще оригінал варіанту. Тобто він у мене зроблений на крафтовому папері, чорною ручкою, я його повністю там заштрихувала. Я їм надіслала цю роботу, я передала їм повні права на це мати. А вони надали мені можливість те, що на сайті, те, що вони мені дали певну фінансову підтримку. Це був загальний конкурс робіт. Вже я не знаю, скільки людей там на це було подали. Але так, в основному тобі дають завдання, і ти маєш це завдання на конкурсі виконати. Чим ви ще займаєтесь? Чи ви десь працевлаштувалися в Канаді? Можливо, викладаєте? Та, ну, зазвичай, я їх офіційна робота в мене в банку. Так. Ну, якось треба щось починати для, для цього, якось практикувати англійську. І ось. І так. І, і я знайома з українськими також художниками, що в Канаді. Вони мені, вони мені дуже допомагають розвиватися. Я їм дуже за це вдячна. А, також є галерея в нас українська, там, де зазвичай збираються на виставки, роблять масштабні, дуже гарні виставки. Пропонують молодим виконавцям, артистам виставляти свої роботи. Ніка, і так у мене з'явилися знайомі художники, з якими я зазвичай ходжу малювати на фонарик. Вони мене запрошують, ми іноді робимо майстер-класи також для дітей. Літом, літом зараз буде дуже багато планерів, так що ми дітей заохочуємо також малювати. Це, це, досить, це досить весело. Ви зауважили, що англійська ще не дуже. Ви ходите на якісь курси, щоб підвищити трошки рівень? Ну, я ходила раніше, але, знаєте, мені так вийшло, що коли я вже почала працювати, у мене вже не було часу йти на ті курси. Я вже в роботі, вже відповідно, вже більше дізнаюся. На практиці, на практиці вже англійська. Так, так, на практиці. Стоїш, нічого іноді не розумієш, але мусиш говорити. Він не так стрімко, звичайно, розвивається мої навики англійської, але знаєте, по чуть-чуть, по чуть-чуть, на це потрібен час, щоб грамотно так розмовляти. У вас в Україні лишилися родичі, багато друзів, напевно, так? Так, у мене лишився мій старший брат. Так, він наразі вчиться, але, але так, батьки в мене також були. У мене тато був вже давно в Австрії. І моя мама вже була до нього поїхала, і потім вони вже приїхали сюди місяць тому назад, О, щоб мені трошки так, так дуже гарно. Взагалі багато українських художників зараз в Торонті через війну? А, чесно, так, поприїжджали, поприїжджали багато. Наскільки я почала замічати, що дуже багато талановитих, так що треба ще доганяти. Яку ще підтримку отримують українські художники в Торонто наразі? От є Українська Канадська Асоціація Художників, наприклад. Ну, я ще не є членом цієї асоціації, але вони надають змогу надавати матеріали молодим виконавцям. Так, бо приїжджаєш тут все масштабне, просто дороге, відповідно. І так, вони надають таку можливість, що вони збирають. Матеріали, фарби, пезлики, вони і вони надають, щоб якось почати розвиватися. На жаль, війна в Україні продовжується, і багато людей хочуть, але не можуть повернутися назад до України. Які у вас плани, якщо вони є? Якщо немає планів, де жити ще, то, можливо, творчі плани на майбутнє. Ну, так, знаєте, в основному я вже так замітила, що де б ти не жив, всі обставини будуть мінятися. Тобто ти не можеш надіятися, де ти живеш, а собі треба ставити цілі, як ти себе бачиш і як себе саме реалізувати. 
Тобто, якщо в тебе є ціль потворчу, прямо потворчу, незалежно, де ти жив. Якщо ти хочеш допомогти, чи в Україні, чи це, і ти можеш робити як і середнє, це так і золото. І наразі я хочу поїхати, планую поїхати в травні, а в Україну не відбити дата своїх родичів, хоча б на 10 робочих днів. Адаптація проходить все рівно важко. Ти, ти не знаєш, де себе бачити. Чи там, чи тут. Отже, та, треба надіятися на те, працювати над собою, як ти хочеш спереджувати, щоб потім допомогти надальшому. В творчому плані, що ви плануєте? Можливо, у вас є якісь ідеї по нових проєктах? Можливо, в тандемі з іншими художниками ви плануєте виставку чи щось подібне? Ну, я зараз помаленько почала малювати свої такі картини, щоб почати подавати на виставку, щоб вони йшли потім ці гроші на, на Збройні сили України, на допомогу. І та, ну, все рівно воно важко, бо і робота забирає час, і, то, і сили, і ти походиш вечором, і плюс я ж вчуся, тому я ще малюю на навчання. Вчитеся в Україні? Так, я в Україні зовсім вчуся. Я їм фотографую і надсилаю. Деякі я можу робити в електронному варіанті, але так, але в основному я мушу фотографувати. А як називається ваш факультет? Спеціальність? Монументальний декоративний живопис. Це те, що може використовуватися в ужитковому мистецтві. Тобто це можуть бути писанки, вітраж, олійний живопис, ікони, мозайки, фрески. Мене більше за все вабить олійний живопис. Я його раніше не любила, але так сталося. Так сталося, що мені тепер найбільше всіх імпонує. Де ви пишете свої картини? Ну, у мене все в одній кімнаті. Все в одній кімнаті, де ви живете? Так, так, так. А ну покажіть. Я вам зараз навіть так покажу. У мене тут така... Ой, а знаєте що? Я вам зараз по-іншому покажу. Я задала, що я можу повернути камеру. Так, в мене зараз така робота. Це Indigenous People, вона населена на фоні української хустки, але вона ще дуже в розробці. Мені подала ідею також моя сестра, бо вона знає історію Канади, і вона мені дуже часто любить розказувати, як вона дуже сильно її слухати. І, а, зараз в мене в основному ідея дівчина, це переного населення, що на фоні української хустки. І, як ми знаємо, це символіст того, що було раніше в історії, що вони допомагали українцям адаптуватися тут. Можливо, ви захочете щось порадити або побажати художникам, які сюди приїхали, приїжджають? Я раджу малювати, справді. Як би то важко не було, але себе потрібно пхнути, щоб це зробити. Воно, воно на початку дуже важко дається, але... Але це свого роду є терапія для того, щоб виливати свої почуття там, де ти можеш просто забутися, коли ти малюєш. In this interview, I spoke with the award-winning young visual artist from Ukraine, Tetyana Lotocka. I was even fortunate to see one of her new paintings through the Zoom call. It is of an indigenous woman with the background of the Ukrainian Hustka headscarf. Many Ukrainian artists have arrived in Canada. The Tana story is an incredible inspiration for creators. Just think about it. Over 35,000 bookmarkers she designed will be printed and distributed to Ukrainian language, dance and youth organizations across Canada. If you would like to know more or donate to the Shevchenko Foundation, please visit www.shevchenkofoundation.com. Тисяч метрів Хоч крок на зустріч Давай я першим Дістати зірку Сідай на печі Настане ніч Закінчиться вечір Очі, очі Розкрить усі секрети Ночі Не сплю знову думки Про теб Корок постріль 
лиш, на фоні сирени лиш, новий нас нам знову пишуть в укриття. Якщо хочеш, ти виш, а я хочу бути до тебе ближче. Ти одна серед інших сотень мільйонів тисяч, схоже, знайти не вийде тут ні. Я їду місцем, знову наберу швидкість, мене прибиває до кріп. Сланіть довга ночі літня, дим слегенів вікна. was Postriol, which means shot, composed by Tatiana's brother Dmitro Lototsky and performed by Ihor Bushmakin. Up next is song for Tatiana by special request, Jerry Heil with Kupala, a song about the ancient Ukrainian rituals of the summer solstice. Since 2014, Toronto-based Ukraine War Amps has been helping wounded Ukrainian veterans and the families of the fallen 
in Russia's war against Ukraine. When Russia ramped up its attack to a full-scale war in February 2022, Ukraine War Amps expanded its scope to also meet the needs of volunteer defenders and civilians currently under direct attack throughout the country. Jean Berezovsky of Ukraine War Amps has been keeping us updated on their efforts to help the victims and survivors of this unprovoked brutal war. We spoke earlier this week, and he shared more news from Ukraine and details about their latest project. Last time we spoke, you told us about the work that UWA was doing to help Ukrainians survive the winter, since Russian bombs destroyed much of Ukraine's power grid, and that left many Ukrainian civilians without electricity to heat their homes, and also, of course, no gas, because that was cut off. So, for the benefit of listeners um, who missed that interview, what Ukraine War Amps has been doing is helping people install wood-burning pot-bellied stoves to heat their homes and cook hot food. And that has been successful, as, as we discussed. And um, But in the meantime, you sent some good news. So give us an update on the electricity situation. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I was uh, just uh, reminding to our listeners that last time I mentioned that Ukraine WAMPs helped a family with three kids, a widow with three kids, uh, their father is a fallen Ukrainian hero who who was a fallen soldier uh, in uh, 2015, and we helped the family in uh, from Novhertvolinsky to to buy, purchase, and install a heater just to keep them warm mm-hmm. uh, during this winter time. This is a very challenging uh, winter. Mm-hmm. And also, I mentioned another family in Irpin, near Kiev, the well-known city now where actually frontline was for a while. And we helped a family of the amputee to install a heater as well, a furnace in his house, uh, so they can heat the house with two little kids uh, on wood. Mm-hmm. And that was just yeah, a couple of examples. We also helped a family from Ivano-Frankivsk region to buy a battery so they get electricity. Oh. Again, two little kids, and it's important for family when, uh, you know, during this winter time, long nights and oh, yeah. long of time, no light at all, two right. little kids, right. etc. Yeah, we bought a battery from, for them. Oh, that's excellent. Yes, and you know, all this, we were talking to you a couple of weeks ago, and like next day or two days after, I see that uh, article, Ukraine is able to resume electricity export. Yes. So that, yeah. After almost like half a year of a gap, and you know, it, it just shows you that uh, we all together, our efforts do yield uh, fruit and do help. Yeah, well, there, where there's a will, there's a way. And for sure, when Ukrainians are constantly rebuilding, even though they're still under attack. Yeah, but we not only restore, they resumed exporting electricity, yes. which is really phenomenal. Yes, so they have a surplus. So that's mm-hmm. fantastic, yeah. Very- yeah, so they they, they saying like uh, Ukrainian citizens first, but whatever left over going to Europe now. Yeah. And it's uh, also big income for, for Ukraine. And, mm-hmm. well, we'll see. Hopefully, they talking now about next winter coming. But, you know, for now, it's uh, it's one of the victories of the war. Mm-hmm. Good for them. What What is the source of the electricity? Is it hydro? Well, not necessarily. Yeah. What about nuclear power station? Whoa. Okay. So, yeah, they have a variety of sources. Uh-huh. Um, all these big rivers like Dnipro, Dniester, they all have uh, power stations as well, plus uh, nuclear power stations. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when uh, when you're going to talk about this war in some future, not maybe not you and me, but in general, we're going to talk about smaller fights and victory. Mm-hmm. And this, uh, this winter... It's electricity. This is first victory of a, of a kind. That's the only victory of a kind, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's pretty unique. You know, when Brits talking about World War Two, we're talking uh, about 1940, when actually Britain stood alone against Germany. And 
it uh, actually was able to repel the attacks. So this energy and electricity war for the past half a year was definitely won by by Ukraine and by worldwide community, including Ukraine war hamps, mm-hmm. including every one of us, you know, yeah. everyone who helped, who yeah. participate. Yeah. yeah, you know, the family by family, and we help them all. And each family is five people, you know, and kids. Those are people who are gonna see the future of Ukraine and hopefully enjoy that future. Yeah, and it shows what individuals can do to fight this war. After all, project like that to install a a stove or a furnace, it's altogether about $700. So we're not really talking about millions. And $700 keep an entire family alive. Yeah, that's big. It it is, yeah. And it is affordable for, for for our community. It's Oh, yeah, for sure. Nothing, you know, unimaginable. Yeah. So, yeah, anyway, uh, I want to congratulate probably every one of us uh, with with, uh, with such news and the fact Ukraine going to get its revenue from electricity back is a big uh, news on its own. Absolutely, it is, yeah. So, um, two questions about the back to the pot-bellied stoves. I guess the first one is, are you still going to continue that as sort of a backup plan? We're going to continue. We go as uh, needs arise. Okay. So yeah, needed. So, okay. Uh, right now, no issue. It's sorted out with the with the heating. But uh, we actually going, or Ukraine going through, essentially, multiple wars on multiple levels yeah. within the last uh, year and a half. Yeah. It's it's everywhere. It's online. It's on the ground. It's uh, in the air, in the water, in the, everywhere. Yeah. You know, another probably before we continue with, I, I wanted also congratulate you and our listeners with 105 years of liberation of Crimea by Ukrainian troops led by Petro Bolbachan. That's something you should remember about April 1918. You know, Jean, this is a story even I don't recall ever this being mentioned in any of my studies. Uh, So tell us what this is all about. Give us a brief um, history lesson. Uh, In uh, March 1918, 105 years ago, the first Bolshevik Ukrainian war has ended with Moscow recognizing independence of Ukraine within borders that existed back then. Uh, Rostov-Nadanu and Crimea and Tahanrog, all those cities were within Ukrainian borders. And uh, March and April, that was the time when Ukrainian forces were liberating the territory previously occupied with Bolsheviks. And April 1918, that's when Ukrainian National Republic finally reached Crimea, Chonhar, Bakhchisarai, Simferopol, and Sevastopol. On April the 30th, the Black Sea Fleet in the Black Sea in Sevastopol raised Ukrainian flag. Wow. I did not know that. And, you know, it's very interesting because a lot of people that don't know the, the well, know a little bit of the history, will say that uh, Crimea has was was part of Russia until 1954 when uh, Khrushchev, I think, gave, gave Crimea to the Ukrainian Soviet Socialist Republic as a gift. Yeah, I guess uh, we should just uh, dismiss all these fakes yeah. spread by Russia and Soviet Union. There is no point to comment on all their fakes. They produce so many fakes right now. We don't have time to comment on all this nonsense. But this this story about what happened in 1918 is, is a fascinating story, and thank you for sharing it. Where can people find more information about it? Uh, yeah, I just shared with you uh, a link, an article, okay. uh, which is uh, bubble.ua. It's, a, it's an amazing uh, article. One or five years ago, the UNR troops led by Petro Bolbachan 
liberated Crimea. If you open your phone, computer, and Google liberation of Crimea, April 1918, you'll find a lot of information. Perfect. Okay, I will put the link uh, to that uh, article in the uh, show notes of the of the podcast. Thanks so much for sharing that. Is that is a fascinating story? And uh, who knew that? 2014 was not the first incursion of Russia into Ukrainian territory to take Crimea. That's typical for for the empire to try to conquer, to come back, but they need they they need to be pushed back, you know, to understand their limits. Yeah, and the more people that know um, history especially the history that they're trying to suppress, um, all, all the better and all the harder it is for them to continue to make their incursions. So, yeah. so good you, stuff. You have to be strong and you have to, to fight for what uh, you think you feel is right. Yeah, and the thing about history is it's, it's not the past. It's, it's, only, it's only the retelling of, the, of a part of the past. And so it's, it's really important for people to know the facts and be able to tell that history uh, with with conviction, yeah. with conviction, yeah, yeah. You know, also if if you just look at the map, you, you'll see that the only country that possesses the the on land access to Crimea to that peninsula, the only country is Ukraine. So Bingo. it's uh, it, it's pretty natural that uh, everyone who going down there from Ukraine. It's easy, it's more natural way. So if any other country will try to take over or state any nonsense like uh, always Russian land or whatever, you can take a look at the map, see where Moscow is, see where Ukraine is, Mm -hmm. and that will give you an idea. Ukraine is right there. Moscow, believe me, is far, far away from Crimea. I took a train from... From Simferopol to Lviv, back in two thousand eight, a twenty five hour uh-huh. twenty five hour train trip, and I did not pass through Russian territory. It was Ukraine the whole time, yeah, the I mean, whole way. Yeah, that, that's right. Wow, that's a good adventure, by mm-hmm. the way. It was. It was. That was my favorite part of the trip. It was wonderful. Yeah. So, so you see, like, if you're talking about your personal experience, that's kind of very easy to explain. Well, Why? Yeah. It's part of Ukraine. I never came close to Russia anywhere on that trip. So, no, and yeah. uh, look, Crimea is pretty much south, and Russia is a northern country or yeah. northeast country. Yeah. So, I, I used to have relatives in Crimea, and uh, their climate is very similar to what you have where yeah. you are right now. Oh, I felt so much at home. Yeah, the terrain was so familiar. Right. Really, it, it was so much like, like BC. It was just um, uh, it was just amazing. I felt very much at home when I was there. Uh, we flew into was it Sevastopol uh-huh. or Simferopol. We took a bus. We went uh, through. Maybe, maybe Simferopol. Yeah. The, could... the, the airport, the big one, okay. is Simferopol. Okay, okay. That must have been what it was. And we took a bus to Simferopol to take the to catch the train. And we drove through back to Sarai and uh, all the, uh, a lot of countryside and passed the, where there was the charge of the light brigade where that took place. And it was just, it was wonderful. And it did feel like driving from uh, from Vancouver to Hope or, or here on Vancouver Island. <laughs> it was amazing. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, that, that's amazing. You see, that's, uh, here you are. We all have that connection. Now, I wanted to ask, before we, uh, we move on, uh, my second question about the pot-bellied stoves. And that was, um, whose idea was that? Well, it's probably, look, it's probably, uh, again, something that uh, came up locally because, again, as an organization, we are helping those people in Ukraine, our amputees, the families of uh, fallen Ukrainian heroes. We're helping them since 2014. We are in touch. We are on top of their needs, current needs, addressing situation as is. So locally, they knew what's available, what they can do to help themselves. Ah. But what they didn't have is resources. Right. Uh, especially considering pretty much every household was in the same situation and 
obviously prices doubled and tripled. Yeah. So it was um, a team effort, as usual. Yeah, so essentially, to, to give you a simple answer, we are uh, constantly in touch with Ukrainian uh, veterans. So basically, we have daily updates and we know what, what they need the most today. That's great. And so then here in our part of the world, what we can do is we can donate to Ukraine War Apps so that you can then in, in turn help them with what they need immediately, not just give them what we think they need, but actually give them what they are saying that they need. Yeah, we uh, collect donations online as well. PayPal, just uh, uh, just go to ukrainewaramps at gmail.com or you can visit our website, ukrainewaramps.ca or just Google Ukraine Waramps, you'll find the link to to Ukraine Worms. Yeah, and I have a link uh, to you on the Nasholis website as well. There will be links in the in the show notes. Uh, what you're doing now, since spring is here, electricity is restored in Ukraine, you're focusing on something else. You're sending parcels now. And I guess this is something for people that have maybe a smaller budget, but they can make a small donation and still help veterans and, and their families. Tell us about that. Yeah, that's right. You know, we started uh, doing that before, like in November 2022, and we've been doing this uh, uh, basic food uh, project. We've been doing often uh, towards uh, Christmas time, but this year, 2022, was especially a challenging year for everyone. Mm -hmm. So we started sending these parcels out. And those are parcels that we actually uh, source locally in Ukraine. Oh. Our volunteers buying it, shopping locally mm-hmm. and shipping locally, oh, okay. which uh, makes the entire project much more affordable. Right, right. Because essentially, if you donate $40 today, we uh, build a parcel tomorrow and uh, the family of uh, Ukraine's uh, veterans or family of uh, fallen heroes will receive a parcel after tomorrow. So essentially, it's easy, straightforward, yeah. and fast process. Well, that's brilliant because for areas where they're being bombed. Supermarket shelves are empty um, if there are any shelves, if they're not bombed. But in areas where there is still abundant supply of, of food and um, and people are able to shop and put these bundles together and get them to people who need them. You know, also I want to add that uh, sometimes actually, thanks God, they, in terms of provisions, mostly towards are full and supermarkets, uh, there is no lack of anything, but the prices is an issue. Oh. The price is soaring. Well, price is going up everywhere, everywhere now. Yeah, even here, yeah. And consider uh, Ukraine. Now, also consider the, the bad uh, economy. Yeah. People lost their jobs, too. Yeah. And uh, sometimes, you know, if you're not a lucky software engineer who can work from home from any place where you can hook up your computer to to a web, you may not have a job at all or your business is, uh, you know, surviving on daily basis, but many people really don't know how far they can go. And we have a one picture, a heartbreaking picture where, where four-year-old boy is hugging the, the kielbasa. Oh, you know, uh, you have that picture in one of the pictures I sent it to you. You know, it just shows you not even a candy or a chocolate. Yeah, they're happy to have sausage. Yeah, yeah, and also look, uh, we asking, let's say, talking about basic foods, we only asking forty American dollars, and we're gonna get you kielbasa cheese. Pasta like Philadelphia, mm. chocolate, black tea, crackers, spaghetti, canned tuna, uh, hand paste, pork paste, canned uh, sardina, stuff like that, plus handling, plus shipping, plus it's only taken there too. Yeah, that's very, you know? yeah, very good and, value for uh, your money, for sure. Yeah, yeah and um, if you donate 10 bucks, you know, we collect it all together and we get uh, 40 bucks uh, easy. 
to, to ship out a parcel. And uh, it's a little celebration for every family in Ukraine nowadays. Oh, for sure. Believe it or not. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So so that's good. People can only in, um, donate $10. So four people donate $10 and there's a food package for a family. Yeah, great. So then, Jean, this is your latest project. You've also still got um, the other projects so people can donate more if they can. And um, and they'll go to different projects, whether it's a pot-bellied stove or something else, prosthetics perhaps, um, rehab for wounded soldiers, all kinds of things like this you're still doing. Yeah, we have uh, um, another uh, couple of more projects. Adopt a soldier when you support a particular soldier or um, a veteran and his family on a monthly basis. Usually we ask him for 50 bucks a month. I care project, which is uh, more of a support for families who lost their breadwinner in this war. And new project addressing current situation after February 24, 2022, is uh, Save Ukraine, uh, helping for civilians to evacuate or helping with uh, furnaces, for instance, Mm -hmm. and um, helping with food provision, a Save Ukraine project, and uh, equip a soldier. That's a unique project. If you want to help our defenders on the front line, let's say over the winter, we send uh, thermal socks. So... We bought hundreds and hundreds of thermal socks, went to Eastern Ukraine to help our defenders. Awesome. So that, you know, just another example of what we do to cope with the winter yeah. or with the cold. Yeah, well, that's wonderful, Jean. Thank you so much for what you do and for continuing to do it under pretty horrific circumstances. But um, if you're going to win a war, you can't be timid. You can't be frightened. You have to be courageous and do it has to be done and uh congratulations to you for doing that gene and to the defenders in ukraine who are the recipients uh, of ukraine war amps assistance so to, to make a donation again go to the website ukrainewaramps.ca send a donation via paypal or directly by e-transfer to ukrainewaramps at gmail.com and all the links will be in the show notes, and they're also on the Nasholos website. And of course, just Google Ukraine War Amps. So thank you again, Jean, for um, for sharing this information, and I look forward to talking to you again soon, and hopefully very soon, good news. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Jean. Я гряду на дитину, 
And a traditional ancient Cossack folk song performed by a modern-day Cossack by the name of Cossack Sidomaha. And he lives on the banks of the Dnipro River with his family. And when he is not performing music, he's actually on the front fighting uh, as the old Cossacks of old did. Kozak Sinemacha with Zatsvistale Kozachenka. Nahada Yvisuhiti Radio Prashamunash, Holos Radio Krinskoho Korinya, Nabahatumovni Radio Stansi, AM Trinatjet Vatsyat, CHMB Umisti Vancouveri. Nijamishas Kinchilanashi Prashamu, Shichasta Domo Viskazate Dopabachinia, Alipretemia Hochu Zalashitavasti Kimislavami Mudrostea. Dedvoch Biutsia, Tam Treti Korestaya. And our proverb of the week translates as, where two squabble, a third can profit. And that brings us to the end of another edition of Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio here on AM 1320 CHMB Vancouver. If you miss our on-air or live stream broadcast, you'll find the podcast at our website, www.nashholos.com. There's also a link to our Patreon site there, and I hope you'll consider supporting our work with a monthly donation, www.nashholos.com. Well, our time is about up, so to take us to the end of our program, a traditional Ukrainian campfire song since uh, summer is almost upon us. We've got certainly got some spring weather this week. Anyways, and so we'll wrap up the show in style with Oita Duna by Nove Pokolinia. I'm Pavlina on behalf of Olena, myself, and all of us here at AM 1320 CHMB Vancouver. Thank you so much for listening, and Dobranich! Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.